Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Pittsburgh Current Podcast. I am Pittsburgh Current Editor and Publisher, Charlie Deach. And uh, sorry, we're a couple of ticks late this morning. Um, it's one of those, uh, I don't even know if it's stay in bed morning, but it's definitely like don't leave the house, kind of hunker down and eat frozen pizza or something. Um, <laughs> but I'm glad I came in because we have a great guest today. We have a good show. Um, our guest today, oh, a couple reminders, um, new issue of the Pittsburgh Current is currently on stands, and well, if you haven't been, thank you, Derek Minto, who will be introduced sort of shortly. Um, <laughs> if you haven't been to PittsburghCurrent.com lately, PittsburghCurrent.com lately, um, check us out. We've been updating more, and um, you can check out uh, our new content from our news partners at the Penn Capital Star have been uh, have been doing some really great stuff. So, but on to this. Sorry, we just had a, we just had a light movement. Um, moving on to this week's show, my guest is Derek Minto, co-owner of Burning Bridges Comedy Club. Look at that! That's a great product placement. It People, is. Your phone should be ringing off the hook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like this light; it's making me look good. This one side of me looks like I'm being shot by Steven Spielberg. That's good. It's like God lights pouring through here. No, don't change it. Don't change it. Don't change it. Hey, how are you? This is great. Thanks good, for having man. me on, man. No, I really thanks appreciate for, it. Thanks for coming on. Um, yeah. I'm glad to hang out in Beachview again. I used to live here. Oh, did you? Mm-hmm. Did you uh, Did you like it? And you can be honest. Did Yo, you like I loved Beachview? it. Yeah. So this is the thing. I didn't know. I knew absolutely nothing of this neighborhood. Like, yeah. My, all my experiences in Pittsburgh were like the South Side and the right. North Side. And this was like the first time I ever like came to like an ethnic neighborhood. Like, it was just the demographic wasn't yeah. like a bunch of like people putting out lawn chairs and right. like yelling right. at like getting in domestics about Steelers games. Right. right. Like <laughs> there's different completely different domestics that happen up here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but no, it was just the first time like I was like, "Oh my god, there's like three different ethnic grocery stores like within like a yeah. mile of each yeah. other." And, and that's you know what? I've never thought of that, but now that you say that, there is um you, I, we don't see many parking chairs up here now that you yeah. mentioned that. It's very it's very strange, actually, well, now that be, you mentioned it. Yeah, Beachview is also cool because it's like the tippy tippy tip like of Allegheny County. It's like the weird, yeah. it's like the Florida of Allegheny County. It's like this weird <laughs> peninsula that like right. exists up at the top. Like it's just barely the city. Yeah. Uh, it's like the only, I think it's like the only community on the other side of the mountain. Yeah. Uh, you, uh. You didn't mind. You didn't mind the. Uh, I mean, we are obviously a very hilly neighborhood up here, which can be a bit of a disaster in the winter time. But you didn't have any trouble, uh, you know. Oh, I loathe that. <laughs> I loathe hills. I uh, hate them. Uh, I've seen so much crazy stuff happen on those hills. Yeah. Like we, I used to live right in the middle of a hill with me and my old roommate Zach Funk, who's also a comic, and it was his house. I moved in with him. It was just the amount of times, like, 
be like three or four in the morning. We hear like shh in like the middle of a snowstorm. Yeah. That car just slam into our fence. It's like, all right, let's go outside. Let's get him out of the yard. <laughs> like I've seen so many yeah. wrecks and like crazy stuff. Like on like the because I think like the highest graded road in Pittsburgh's yes in this yeah. neighborhood. Shoot, like yeah. Aldi commercials there or some crap like that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't watch commercials anymore. Oh yeah, yeah it's yeah yeah it's um yeah it's definitely. Yeah, co- yeah. This is definitely not a place that you uh, want to come if it's um, thinking about snowing. Because stay out, road, fat people. The, the, the Get out. <laughs> Don't come here. Yeah, you'll die. Right. Because if we have to park on a hill yeah. and try and walk down, I, forget it. With the week I moved here, I was the week I sold my bike. I, <laughs> I moved here. I was like. Well, I don't have any use for this anymore. <laughs> and like I was gonna throw it away. I sold it for like fifty bucks. It was way it was worth way more than I'm like, just get rid of yeah. it. Give me more. I mean, you're a big fellow like yeah. me. Obviously, sometimes if the sidewalk's completely dry, mm-hmm. we're gonna have trouble traversing down a hill. Oh yeah, if you're walking down <laughs> I used to walk down from IGA with all my stuff from the grocery yeah. store, just like, oh God, oh God, oh God, do it to the bottom of the street. I can do it. Like <laughs> trying to balance everything out. We're uh what Pittsburgh? I mean, obviously, you obviously have a great affinity for Beachview. Any other Pittsburgh neighborhoods that you really, um, for one reason or another, that you really find either like or find interesting? Uh, well, I mean, definitely. Like, so the South Side. Yeah. Like, the thing is, like, that was like the first like adult neighborhood I ever yeah. lived in. So that's always like my like it's in my heart of hearts. Yeah, and like. And like people are like, I I I remember when I had to leave the South Side yeah. when I was like 29 years old, and I walked outside on my porch one morning before work to go smoke a cigarette when I still did that, and I walked out, and I looked from my front porch on Ninth Street, and I could see Duquesne University, which is my alma mater, across the river, <laughs> and I'm like, oh man, I'm that guy now. <laughs> I didn't move, I didn't go anywhere. I right. went to school, and then I just stayed in the neighborhood. Yeah. But like the thing that like blows my mind about the South Side is what it's really it's a really great neighborhood mm-hmm. in the day. It's like it's like it's like this is yeah. Jekyll and Hyde quality, yeah. and that like a lot of those bars that like people like crap on like are actually some of them are really great. Yeah, and the thing that also just like particularly I find by it, there is I've never been anywhere. I've been maybe in D.C. and a couple other cities, but have such as like a you know just a like a collection of bars yeah. and places. That if you don't like that kind of bar, you can find a slightly different variation <laughs> right. with different people not that much farther right. down the street. Like, it's just, it's a really neat place. And I've I've seen unbelievable things in the South yeah. Side. So, yeah. that's, that's I, in my heart. Yeah, I, I lived on, uh, I actually, when I first moved back to the area in like 2000, I think, I lived on um, 13th and Carson. Oh, yeah. Uh, above uh, the Pickle Barrel Deli. I don't know what it is now. Dairy Queen. Oh, it, well, it, it became a bunch of different restaurants. Yeah. Now it's a uh, nothing. <laughs> well, I used to, now I lived on the third floor above the nothing. Yeah. And um, yeah, it would be, uh, it was, y- you walk to work or walk back from yeah. work because I worked on the south side then. And, um, you know, it was really, it was just a different place. But then at night, you start hearing like, First, you hear the crowds, and then like yeah. around four a.m., three a.m., you start hearing all the bottles dump into the being thrown into the dumpster. Yeah, and so that's a pleasant, <laughs> right? That's a pleasant sound too. Oh man, the uh, my favorite time in the South Side is right around six thirty, seven o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. because it feels like you're driving through that scene when like. You're, it's like one of those sci-fi movies yeah. or horror movies when they first arrive in the town, right. and there's right. just like paper blowing about and <laughs> right. bottles, and like there's a loose dog that's like and just like yeah. runs off into the distance. You're like, what happened here? 
Yeah, it's like it's like Rick Rick driving uh, Rick, Rick driving through town if he wakes up in The Walking Dead, just yeah. sort of like yeah, yeah. How'd everybody go? I thought this place was you know <laughs> yeah. I thought people lived here. <laughs> So you um, are a uh, comedian, a Pittsburgh comedian, and you are, I it was weird, I mean, obviously, um, but um, so you are um, co-owner of the uh, Burning Bridges Comedy Club. Yeah. And um, you guys just had recently had a kind of a shift in ownership, your partner, John Dick Winters, and now your new partner is your uh, your domestic partner. Yes. Or, uh, Amanda, Amanda Avril, Avril yeah. yeah. So how has that transition been, and and, and uh, when did, when did that all start coming about? Uh, well, you know, o- over the summer, uh, John had a lot of his own personal stuff uh, going on, uh, so he decided to kind of put uh, what he wanted to do aside. It was, you know, the con- I <laughs> I had experimented with the club before, yeah, and then it was like he was the one that really like pushed it, yeah, and then he was like, yeah, let's do this, let's do it. Right. We did it, and it was happening, and then he was like, I'm leaving, and I'm like, ah, <laughs> you got me, you tricked me into making a comedy club, you dick. Right. <laughs> uh, it was did. a lo- it was a long game. It was a prank that he yeah. started uh, years ago. Uh, but that's like it's so working with Amanda is one. She was already heavily invested in the process. Yeah, sure. I mean. Amanda's been doing stand-up for about five years. Right. She's always had kind of an ear to the ground, uh, especially, you know, w- with the what's going on in the Pittsburgh comedy community. So it was a natural transition. Like, she already knew she was already doing her marketing. Uh, and she, I mean, she's really stepped up. Like, she really does an awful lot. Uh, and she's great to work with. Um, it's weird being partners, you know. We, yeah. it, we've always been trying to, we, you set a lot of boundaries. You do mm-hmm. the best you can. And you just have to try to, be as objective as possible right and it's impossible right it's an impossible task but we got kind of lucky like the things that like i i've seen other comics like not all comics date other comics most don't right i do because i'm an insane person (laughs) Uh, and i don't think anyone else can put up with my schedule yeah uh and the thing we always had this rule which is that you can't give each other notes unless you ask to do it first (laughs) and that works for us yeah like it's just because i've said no like I've gotten off stage, yeah. she's like, "Hey, I have an idea for a joke," and I'm like, "Not now!" <laughs> like, and it's went both ways. Like yeah. sometimes we don't want, or sometimes like someone gives somebody a note. It's like, "Well, I'm going to give you a note now." It's like they're not attack notes. They're not attack notes. Like uh, notes from a lovely place. It's, it's just trying to keep I, uh, separating those worlds. I think yeah uh, is the, the best part. But no, she's incredible to work with. Yeah, uh, she's feisty. She's good. She does a good job of playing bad cop to sometimes when I play too much of a good cop. Yeah. Because uh, sometimes I'm way too nice. Yeah. Uh, not all the time. Yeah, you have to have that in a partnership. Yeah. Either business business or personal. And yeah. In your case, uh, both. Yeah, but she's good at trying to keep me on task and, like, you know, not being too much of a goofball. Yeah. Well, let's talk about one of the reasons you're here for a couple reasons. One of the reasons you're here is that this weekend you guys have a special event going on. Um uh, Ricky, comedian Ricky Glore of Cincinnati, you said, yeah. correct, is coming in and he's going to be um, recording his new record. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me a little bit about that, how um, that came about, and um, is this sort of production something you guys want to get into? or? So um, we always try to do different things. Like we're, we, you know, we get a lot of, uh, a lot of people asking us about using the space. Uh, or trying to book the room mm-hmm. throughout the year. And one of the things we try to do is we try to make sure that we're not necessarily just completely always placating the exact same clientele. Sure. Uh, all the time. Ricky was very different. Uh, we liked his comedy uh, right away when we got his video. And he asked us just about initially about doing a show. It wasn't even about doing an album mm-hmm. recording. Uh, uh, Ricky is <clears throat> um, he's particularly he's known for a couple different things. Uh, but the most recent thing that he did is a dry bar comedy. A dry bar is a show. Uh, it's a completely sober show. They don't serve alcohol or anything. 
Wow. Uh, and usually the comedy's for the most part clean, but usually yeah. the jokes are pretty good. Like, right. Uh, that's the kind of difference. It's not kind of this hokey uh, kind of crap <laughs> right. uh, that is sometimes kind of comes associated with that. Uh, so the kind of the neat thing is we don't really normally do this, and we don't really we're not necessarily completely advertising this way, but the show is clean. Uh, usually, you know, usually we have a couple younger comics on the show, so it's almost guaranteed there's you know use a couple penis related jokes right uh, in there for sure, <laughs> and or vaginas or you know somewhere in between you penis know penis adjacent material yeah penis adjacent <laughs> material that's a great word uh, phrase. Um, I was gonna get it to you as a note later. That yeah. you can use <laughs> Let me give you a note about your newspaper. <laughs> no, uh, the, <laughs> the um, but yeah, no, he's a really he was a really interesting guy. He was really friendly, easy to work with, and we're just kind of excited to do it, have the opportunity yeah. uh, to do something like that, and also on Valentine's Day weekend. Too, yeah, so. it's two shows on sa- uh, Saturday, correct? Yeah, eight and, and ten. Eight and ten. It's twenty dollars. Mm-hmm. I believe I saw from the website, and it's Burning Bridges Comedy, forty two oh seven Butler Street, above Hambones. Yeah. Um, we're actually right next to. Right next to. Yeah. Bones, yeah. Yeah. We're like, like we're like annex, like the dining room, basically. Okay. Uh, is kind of how it works, like the performance space, whatever you yeah, want to yeah, call yeah. it. Okay. Uh, is the way it kind of works. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a great setup. Yeah. Uh, for what it is, because it, it's a nice intimate room. It's usually, you know, we only seat about sixty people. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, it's, yeah, it's nice. It's right in the heart of Lawrenceville. You could be you'll be memorialized in history, uh, laughing on a on a on a record to someone's record. That's yeah, always a good thing. That is you. also cool too. Yeah, yeah, you can yell at stuff and then we'll throw you out because <laughs> uh, that's what happened if you yell at someone's album recording. But talk a little bit about um, you mentioned like clean material. Mm-hmm. Where 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 kind of where's the sh- where are the tr- I don't know what trends. It's mm-hmm. say trends in comedy because that just makes it sound less funny. To mm-hmm. say I'm following the trends mm-hmm. and. More dog material or whatever, but but what what kind of things have, has have things have things have have subject subject matter changed? Um, have you noticed more people getting political? But now that we're almost done with the first Trump, uh, hopefully the only Trump yes. uh, administration, have people gotten more political as this is going on, or less political as this is going on? Pittsburgh, I think, is tricky. Yeah, uh, that's what I found from traveling. Uh, the Pittsburgh, for the most part, the comics here stay very apolitical. Yeah, um, it's not. It's there are political comics, but oftentimes yeah. they find themselves like outside more on the road. Like I, one of my good friends, Chris Mohan, uh, yeah. he's a very he's a very very political comic. Yeah. Like I don't do that very kind funny. of comic. I frankly I don't even understand that com- <laughs> comedy sometimes. Uh, that's his own thing. Yeah, and you know we I've known him for as long. We've he's been stand up since he was eight. We identify like I did stand up when I was like in high school. He did it was high school too. Uh, we've always been good friends, but like he doesn't. There's not really an there's not that much of an audience here, right. for him to do that. And I generally find that like Pittsburgh comics kind of avoid it. Uh, the older comics who usually end up having to work, like either in like fire, like they do the fire hall shows on the weekends, or yeah. like these clubs in the middle of the state, or stuff like that. Like they don't they don't want you to do that material. <laughs> right. I've seen like one guy get away with it, yeah. and he it, like really really works the angles yeah. right like he is definitely liberal but he ta- he does a very good job of do of uh like playing off to like that material right. but it seems that like i don't know if it's maybe because of where pittsburgh is like how close we are to the south or just like how we're kind of surrounded by everything else mm-hmm. uh but it doesn't seem like a lot of people people do do jokes but like there's i can't even 
there's not that as many Trump jokes or like right. jokes about the administration as you think there would be. Right. Uh, it's kind of it's kind of shocking, almost in a way. Yeah. It's like we're it's a little bit like we're oblivious. <laughs> but it's an intentional oblivion. I think, think so. You think it's yeah. intentional? Um, I mean, I don't know. I it feels that way to me. Yeah. It feels that like people are a little scared to talk about it. It's also really hard. Right. Like I have a hard time like making jokes about like. I mean, I constantly complain to my friends and family and, like, everyone else about right. what's going on with our government. But it's, like, getting on stage and bitching about it, like, right. people don't want to hear it. Like, yeah. I spend a lot of my day, like, when I'm if I'm driving around doing stuff, I listen to a lot of NPR yeah. and just try to, like, just know what's going on in the world so I can think about it. But, like, at the end of the day, most people in Pittsburgh, I don't think, want to hear it. Right. I think we have a lot. There's been, um, in the, since, again, since 2016... There have been a lot of politicians, politicians in particular, who have like when they've run, they they don't talk about Trump. Even I mean, the the liberal folks, because they know that part of their constituency is, you know, pretty uh, is is pretty far right. And so mm -hmm. they want to, you know, be able to get the message out and in your case, get the comedy out without sort of confusing it by people getting pissed off at you, I guess, in yeah. the first two minutes. Yeah. And I mean, I, I get the like it's. I do feel and the thing that like it honestly does bother me to be honest with you like yeah. it's bothered me for a while like because people talked a lot about during during the Obama administration yeah yeah, yeah. and but there wasn't that many jokes there were some but like now it's just it just feels like it's been nothing like yeah. and maybe it's maybe it's just Pittsburgh but like like I will say it is Pittsburgh to a certain extent I did spend a lot of, like I've spent time out in Seattle like traveling around. Uh, in different places, and it, there's definitely a much more political vibe I found in Seattle, yeah. uh, especially like Washington State and like other places like that area, where I think it's just generally culturally it's different. Right. Uh, I mean, I still feel that the you know of course there's there's you know there's you know liberals wherever you go, but I think Pennsylvania is particularly weird because we have these two you know kind of pockets uh, that exist. Yeah. And then we have you know the elusive Pennsylvania. <laughs> uh, and I mean, I've seen it. Like I, I went out to Punxsutawney, on. I did shows up there. Yeah. Uh, for Groundhog Day, I had a super great time. Went up to Gobbler's Knob, which is the most unfortunately named place <laughs> in the history of mankind. Like it's yeah. like it's like okay, you let a three year old name an area because there's probably a bunch of turkeys. <laughs> but it's like you know, like ten years later, someone would have been like, "We got to change this now," but no one did. It's like a fifteen year old named it. Yeah, it's like he's called Gobbler's Knob. We're gonna call that over over there. We're gonna call that Cock Creek. <laughs> uh, it's just like it's but anyway, I'm standing in line and I'm having this great I'm having this really nice conversation uh with these people from like Buffalo and then I don't know why I this guy got super comfortable with me mm -hmm. or what, but he's like he's like, Hey, blah 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 and then he tells me the I don't I don't remember what the setup with joke is, but the punchline was the N word. And I'm just like Holy cow. Wow. And then, not three seconds later, he's like, all right, now go up there. I'll take your picture uh, while you're standing on top of the, the log that this giant rat comes out of. Stand up on the knob. Yeah. And, wow. then, and so that, but this is even funnier to me is he was wearing this like big uh, gopher hat or, you know, whatever, the whistle pig groundhog. Yeah. Uh, see him in town like 30 minutes later. And now he's taking that off. And now he's wearing a Make America Great Again Isn't hat. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, you changed your hat. And he like looked at me funny. And I'm like, like, 
And I'm not, and by the way, that's not to say that, like, you know, anyone who wears a maker or a great hat does that. But it was just, like, those things, like, I have so many experiences like yeah. that where I think people, because I'm a comic, they think that, like, I'm cool. Yeah. Say, like, I had an awful experience once where I went and did a show, uh, and I'm not going to name the other comic or the other comic that was on the show. But, we're, you know, we come in the back and we walk into this fire hall, and they they were like, hey, great to meet you, great to meet you. Hey. Now, don't worry. It's all white here, so go ahead and just let loose. Jesus. You know, just say all the stuff that you know you know you want to say. Right. And I'm like, I don't do people think like and I I've honestly gotten the impression that I sometimes think that like people, especially certain people have get the idea that comics like deep down inside they're like, Oh, I have a lot to say about <laughs> races and I, I have a lot of strong views for the whites. Like I'm right. like no, I really just want to make people laugh and yeah. really not upset them that much. That's the idea. I understand that, you know, jokes have victims, but like, maybe not like that. Yeah. I, but it's just, I feel like, I, I feel like a, a lot of comics are, I don't want to say scared, but they just, it's really, it's really is a simple idea. Yeah. You really just want to make people laugh and that you don't really, sometimes you're stuck dealing with all this other stuff you right. don't want to deal with. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, if you, you know, if you don't do. You know, you're not doing race humor. Oh, because you're just being politi politically politically correct. You know, that's the whole that's the yeah. whole thing they hide behind, and it's just like but the fact <laughs> is, like, it takes some nuance to do the guys who are out there who do who do sort of you know um, race comedy or or they have a lot of that in their in their material, and you know they hear like a Dave Chappelle or someone like that use the N word, and they actually think, oh, the N word must be funny. Let's you know, throw that out there. Meanwhile, it's that one I never. I was new right away. Not to say that word. Like, yeah, that was, right. that's, that's that's that was a real easy one. It was like, right. all right, let's not do that. Right, exactly. Like that's yeah, that's one. And it's amazing though when it's and we talk about you know white privilege or whatever. Um, what it's just, or white insanity, but like when someone will walk up to you and just think that it's okay to tell you, you know, a joke about, you know, Asian people or black people or gay people, whatever. And it's amazing when you think like, Oh, where, where did this come from? Where did you, who gave you the green light to just go ahead and set off on that? It's like, it, it, it blows my mind. Like, uh, like it, 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 I think in certain ways, like I, I almost feel like these people want us to comment on race or something. Because they want to hear like hear this opinion or something or like this like view, right? Because some kind of authority, or we have like a microphone or something like that. But it's like, do you really want to hear what another white guy has to right. think about race? Exactly. Like that's the thing. Like ten years ago, when I started doing stand up, like there was a lot more, right? Like people like talking about races and like white guys, like. And now it's kind of like maybe 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 you should shut the fuck up a little bit. <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to drop an f bomb. I'm sorry. Yeah, but, you're good. You're oh, cool. Good. 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 F words. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh. Now, I, I mean, I think it's, like, really, you have to kind of examine, like, where you are. Like, I, like I've i watched so much stand-up comedy, and I can't even tell you the amount of white-bearded dudes I've seen come and go, you know, right. through stand-up comedy. It's <laughs> right. just, it's, I'm one of them. Like, yeah. I've, I'm not, never stopped. Uh, but I, ultimately, I'd rather hear, you know, a different person's viewpoint right. at this, like, or a unique viewpoint, like, I don't want to. I don't need to hear the eleventh millionth joke about Tinder. Right, right. Like, if you have, by the way, I'm telling you right now, if you're a comic that's watching this show, can you have a joke about Tinder? It's hacky. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. Derek Minto says so. 
Okay, good. Sorry, I just wanted to get What makes this. it hacky? Overuse or oh, it's just, just, it's nothing? Just, yeah. It's just a constantly like, okay, here's dating like roulette. Right. Like, yeah. let's just make jokes about that. Oh, I got paired with this. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, man, this lady had man hands. It's like a Seinfeld episode. But Like, I just, I've, I... I've heard and it's that that is one trend that I've heard everywhere. Like every third or fourth comic talks yeah. about Tinder and the other thing that's really popular right now mm-hmm. is talking about Pornhub. Really? <laughs> and particularly the trend that it's exists on there with incest pornography. <laughs> I've heard way too many of those jokes. <laughs> and I've heard like one or two good ones. Wow. So it's funny what people sort of latch onto is, yeah. uh, oh, hey, you know what's, you know what's, you know what's funny, stepmom porn. Yeah, <laughs> it's just there's a lot. Yeah, those aren't necessarily as bad as the Tinder jokes, but there's a lot of those yeah. too. We're here on the Pittsburgh Current podcast with our guest Derek Minto of the Burning Bridges Comedy Club, and before we get back to our conversation about all things comedy, uh, I want to tell you a little bit about the Australian Pink Floyd show just recently announced their brand new All That You Feel World Tour. Don't miss the visually stunning performance live in Pittsburgh at the Carnegie Music Hall in Oakland on September 22nd. Tickets go on sale Friday, February 14th at 10 a.m. Visit www.druskyent.com. For more information, that's www.druskyent.com. Australian Pink Floyd uh, show. That could be fun. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to see Pink Floyd in like a... Library Music Hall, though. Like, I feel like that's the wrong place. It's kind of the time, though, right? I mean, everything sort of grows up. It's like, you know, everything, you know, the people who... It's funny, it's like the people who used to watch that stuff and do, you know, go to that stuff, buy those records, they're now older and now go to different places. Like, they're not packing themselves into the... Into the you know the dingy the dingy bar to hear a band. You know, they're they want to go to a music hall or a a club like a like a theater. Yeah, going to the theater to hear music. Going to the theater. (laughs) I'm going to the theater. I hope there's a. I hope there's. I hope one of those concerts where a bunch of people in the front stand, that everyone in the back's like, "Oh, I stand too. Damn it! What the crap?" It's weird. Like when things become things. Like I've heard. Like I don't know how many things I've heard lately about people pissed off about people standing at concerts. I just it's weird how these things sort of like get into the public. Are you are you a concert stander? Uh yeah, probably. Yeah. 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 Like yeah. I like I don't know, like it's like you're at a concert like it's kind of, I think yeah. it's weird to sit. I do too. Yeah, my uh years ago, probably like before my wife and I got married, she uh Elvis Costello was in town here, but we weren't around, so she bought tickets to Cincinnati. We went to Cincinnati for the weekend, and um, she's not a fan of the music, but she, you know, did something nice. Uh, it was my birthday gift, and so we we're there, and um, everybody, of course, stands up, and then everybody stays standing, and she's just like, "This is not a sitting concert," and I said, "No." So she just sat down and had the whole, you know, the whole thing to herself, and it was, like, <laughs> but yeah. It's, uh, but standers and sitters can get along. I think. Yeah. It's, it's a matter of. Yeah, no, dude. I, dude, I used to be so like that. Uh, the Pink Floyd, Pink Floyd, the uh, the wall. Yeah, used to scare the crap out right. of me when I was a kid. Like that was like terrifying to me. Like growing yeah. up, like I grew up like just as like MTV started to, like kind of come about and like be like popular. But I was like really little when it yeah. was like first started. Right. Like I was born nineteen eighty four, and so like some of those music videos were like. Oh yeah. God! Like I thought I was gonna, I was terrified of meat grinders till I was like nine. <laughs> like I I was just, I'm just like but I'm gonna come out and I'm gonna be like meat. 
Like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I Like, that and Peter, like, there's a, what, I can't remember the name of this song. Not Peter Gabriel. It's, uh, the, who does the song? Sledgehammer? That's uh, Peter Gabriel, right? It is or, Peter Gabriel? Is it? Sledgehammer? I think so. I have no idea. Uh, yeah, maybe. We're, I, I feel like it is. Uh, I feel like it is. Let's but go like, with that. Like, any kind of claymation video, which is oh. nightmares <laughs> right. for years. Yeah. I still have claymation nightmares to this day. Really? Yeah. We're like something like claymates to life. And then it's just like hunting me down, <laughs> but like now because I'm an adult, it's like right. it's not it's not like you know like a velociraptor or something. It's like now it's like someone who wants me to pay my bills, like but man, yeah. <laughs> it's like Derek, you got to pay your student loans. No, no, because that's all my nightmares are now. I don't right. know about you. They're all like weird, like oh man, I got in a car accident and the license, my license was expired. Oh man, I can't drive for a couple months. Like, it's all, like, these really inane yeah. situations. But, like, my good dreams are, like, flying around, like, right. helicopters and cool stuff like that. You got to take the good with the bad. For yeah. every helicopter, there's got to be, like, a claymation bill collector. Yeah. <laughs> coming, to your, <laughs> coming to your door looking for your payment. Yeah. So what? Wh- where, do you, where do you mine sort of new and interesting material? Um, what kind of things? What kind of things? I definitely, I definitely try to pull a lot from my personal life. Mm-hmm. Um, like just what's kind of like going on around me. Think you know, it's always easy. You try to find things that make you feel anything. Like yeah, sometimes social like uh, it's hard. I don't try to mine from social media particularly because uh, I find it sometimes really numbing. Uh, like it's just very placating. Like oh look oh my those are the great things my friends are doing. But like, every once in a while I will see someone like lie or like do right. something. And it just like really drives me insane. Yeah. Like this is this is like I've been talking about this on stage. It hasn't been that funny so much. It's just me flipping out. <laughs> uh, I had a friend over the summer during the the great chicken the Popeyes chicken riots. You, yes. remember, you remember that right, dark yeah. dark dark the, dumb time. By the way, that's history. when I knew for sure we were in a dystopia <laughs> when there were chicken riots. Right. Uh, that's when I knew for sure we were in a dystopia. <laughs> Uh, and she was like, yeah, I went to, I went to Popeye's day and they gave me a second, they gave me a second chicken sandwich for free. And I'm like, no, they didn't. There's no way that happened. There's no way in the entire world. Do you understand at that particular point in time, those sandwiches were like, it was like, like in the equivalency of value of things. It's like diamonds, that chicken sandwich, gold bouillon. Like that's insane. And it's like, (laughs) I just like, I like people lie like that, that kind of stuff. A lot of it I, I, I found recently. It's just my complete misunderstanding of everything in the world. <laughs> like, I, I, you might, I know, I, I know, I at least had this self realization. Like, it was sometime in my twenties when I was like, I realized that I was just smart enough to realize that I was wrong about everything, all the time. Yeah, and that's it. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm right. smart enough to fix yeah. it. I'm just smart enough to know to recognize. Yeah, yeah. just and it's like, oh, cool. This is this is a hellscape. Right. This is this is this is this is bad, and. So when I try to like think like kind of find like usually that's where I find my humor is like me either misunderstanding mm-hmm. things or just being put in like weird situations. Like I, I've talked to recently, like, you know, I I I I am technically a professional stand up comic, but like I still do you know a bunch of ton of side stuff. Like I just drive DoorDash sometimes. Yeah. And I've been talking a lot about that, about how weird of a job that is. Like I had this weird experience over the summer where I had to bring a lady a hamburger in a hospital. Oh, really? Yeah. And it was like, this is like, what happened was, is I go to the Burger Kingdom, uh, which is what I call Burger King, and I buy a single hamburger, and I'm like, that's weird, right? You know, because usually people buy 20 hamburgers. Right. Because uh, it, it's like, you're paying $12 for like a hamburger. That's weird. Right. Immediately get a text message that says like, dear sir or madam, uh, 
the last three DoorDash drivers have been turned away from Presbyterian Hospital ICU ward. Will you, sir, please bring me a hamburger against my doctor's wishes? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah I will. It's because like a- that's amazing. Like, what are you kidding me? You're asking me to smuggle something into a hospital? This has become the coolest right. job in my entire life. Right. And no one qu- no one batted a single eye when right. I walked through the fat guy walked through the door with a fucking hamburger. Like no one said a damn thing. Everyone's like, that could be a bomb, but it's probably it's definitely a hamburger. There's no way. Yeah. Uh walked it right in, brought it to the woman. She couldn't talk. We did some sign language real quick, walked out. I'm pretty sure it's the only good thing I've ever done in my life. That's uh <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, it's like the yeah, it's like uh, it's like some kind of underground ring for you know. To bring it's, food. it's it's amazing. Like with that job, like what sometimes people will order, and then you find out what they do with it. Like I've I've multiple times I've brought people like steaks for people's dogs. Really, I've like watched it happen. Uh, or wow. like, I saw one time someone give their also also the same way. I've also seen the opposite where like someone gave their dog like a keto bowl. <laughs> dog was like, all right, I guess I love whole grains and quinoa. You know, like, I'm like, guess you do, dog. Guess you do. <laughs> um, do you think like remember when you were in grade school, especially, and you would the textbooks they'd always have like you know the different sections, and it would say like the whiskey rebellion and like the Boston tea party. Someday there'll be like the chicken riots. Yeah. And some kid will be learning about the, the, you know, the day we kill one another (laughs) for, for chicken sandwiches, just so we didn't have to go to Chick-fil-A. Liberal. It's probably liberals killing each other too, you know, because they were looking for that, that Chick-fil-A fix. Oh man. And, uh, have you had one of those Popeye sandwiches? I haven't. Oh, dude. Although I will say, it, it, you mentioned it. Um, I don't want to mention the person's name, but someone I know very closely, um, they had their, you know, sometimes you have your card hacked or whatever. They had their card hacked, and the person who hacked it bought 25 Popeye's chicken sandwiches. <laughs> that's why, that's why that, you steal a credit card. That's why you stole the identity. That's why you steal a credit to, card. To the, that's to, why you do that, folks. <laughs> that's exactly why you do that. That's that's brilliant. Yeah. Don't start don't start an international, you know, drug smuggling ring. Buy some chicken sandwiches. Yeah. If you're going to st- steal my card, yeah. have a chicken sandwich. Don't buy a bunch of drugs in the Silk Road. <laughs> nah. Get that. Go down and just- Popeyes, <laughs> I, I like this is the thing. The reason I like I can't eat Chick Fil A, I can't do it. Yeah, because like, I, I just can't. I I and I, I love me a good chicken sandwich, but you know once I found all this stuff, it's like I'm really trying not to be like one of those guys that's like I'm not gonna eat this, but it's like that's too much. Yeah. Like there's different things that can be done incidentally. Like if a business funds a certain conservative thing, I can deal with that. Yeah, but it's like nah, when you're de- like you're deliberately funding organizations right. that are attacking, you know. Right. You know, like gay people for like no reason. Yeah. Like it's like you're bad. You're yeah. a bad cup. Like you can. There's so many good Christian things that like <laughs> right. actually help people and right. charities and like really good stuff. And it's like, like maybe when you have a wing of your like your religion that's like just about like taking down people and like hurting. Like it just seems like right. you're just hurting people. At least to me. I mean, yeah. Like I don't know. It just seems like I can't do it. Right. Like. Uh, to the point where I wouldn't even deliver the like, <laughs> I wouldn't even. Oh, like, really? Deliver, you wouldn't deliver? I wouldn't deliver them anymore. Yeah. Wow. It's easy. You just turn them down. It's not that hard. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to put like a. But also, reason. like they all, it's always like you're bringing them to like some like kid who's staying at home that day. <laughs> right. Like I'd have to bring them to like, like this. I, this is why I stopped delivering the South Hills because I'd always have to bring them to these like McMansions. <laughs> Like, I remember one of them had, like, one of those governor's driveways, you oh, know, yeah, where you had a yeah. little pull-up, which exactly. I just found out the name of that, by the way. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I, I pulled up, and the kid came out, and he's like, hey, thanks, man. And, like, he runs inside. He's like, yeah! And he's, like, super excited. I'm just like, you don't even know, kid. You don't even know what you just did. Uh, 
And I'd always steal a waffle fry because that's like stealing like 11 fries. Oh, right. <laughs> that's right, DoorDash. If you're watching this, go ahead and fire me. <laughs> I still, I've stolen some fries, okay? Listen, they get loose. Sometimes they fall out of the bag. By far the worst thing that ever happened yeah. one day was I had a bag of food. And I'm not going to I'm not gonna give any other details, but I opened the door and it just fell out on oh, the really? sidewalk. <laughs> and just chicken nuggets and french fries went wow. everywhere. And no, it was like... It was like twelve o'clock at night, and no one was around. And it was like it was like there was salt all over the ground and stuff. And I'm just like shoveling it into the bag. Yeah. And like I pick it up, and like the, these two <laughs> girls come out. They're like, "You have food?" I'm like, "Hey, yeah. Oh, by the way, I just want to let you know your bag tipped over, so the nugs and fries are gonna be a little loose. I'm sorry about that." They're like, "Oh, okay. Here's a five dollar tip." And I just like drove away. I'm just like, "I'm a I'm an awful human being. <laughs> an awful human being." Felt really bad about that. Sorry, girls. I'm sorry. Yeah, but it, it, probably the worst thing in their in their lives that day was to eat. You yeah, know, Governor Driveway Nuggets. Yeah, yeah, that is true. <laughs> that is true. So you guys, you still you're still doing, and it's you're still doing the open nights or open nights, open mics on yeah. Wednesday nights. Uh, how's, how's, oh, how Thursday, Thursday nights, and Monday actually. We do two Monday and Thursday for the open mics. How how the how's the uh, how's the talent looking? These would you get people? Obviously, there are people who just want to try it, but are you yeah. seeing some seeing some good talent we, coming th- up? It's it's it, so we, over the past year, we've actually kind of Pittsburgh has kind of it's kind of neat in a way. Like we kind of had like a class, uh, we'll say graduate. I don't know. Yeah. That's a weird way of saying it. Sounds weird. Uh, but we had a lot of people like kind of like make the next leap, like to go to bigger markets. Yeah. Like we had a lot of people go to New York, L.A. over the past three or three years. So right now there's like a little bit of a vacuum. And what's neat is always neat when this happens is it just kind of naturally starts filling mm-hmm. itself. Like people start kind of stepping up when they kind of when there's more opportunities to perform and, you know, there's more time. People get a They I don't know. They try harder. They yeah. work, they, they can kind of see that there's a place for themselves. Uh, that they can find, and so definitely, I feel like there's been a good, there's a good group of people. It, it takes time, like that's yeah. the, you know, and you always, it's always the thing that's kind of great about stand up in this weird way is that it really it is a crucible, and that it will just break people down, yeah, and it will get rid of people who are not devoted to it. Right. Uh, you will also always keep some people. You always keep some of the slag, so to speak. Uh, but we've had a really like it's been really nice, like. Monday and Thursday, like Thursday nights is like the, the, we finally on. It was three or four weeks ago. We had fifty-seven comics. It was probably more like fifty-eight. Wow! And the record before that was at our fifth-year anniversary. We did fifty comics deliberately, right? And so we did fifty-seven in one night, and that uh, that almost killed me <laughs> uh, because I'm still very dumb. I host the whole. I host the entire Thursday night show. Yeah. Uh, most people don't do that really anymore. Like, right. like uh, in any other city, they would break it up. But I'm just like, I don't know. I like, I weirdly, I like hosting. Like, I yeah. like doing a lot of other comics. Don't like doing it. It's a slightly different skill set, right? Than regular stand up. Uh, it requires a bit a difference. Yeah. Uh, and what's so it's weird is when, especially like later when like other comics like see like there's some comics who to this day probably have only ever seen me host. Yeah. Uh, not because I don't go out and do shows. It's just you know it's just the way it works out. Right. Uh, and they're always like, oh, wow, you can actually do stand-up. I'm like, yes, I can. Fuck you. I've uh, <laughs> been able to before that. Uh, but it's um, it's really neat. Uh, I like I like kind of like being on the ground level a little yeah. bit. Like, I mean, I've done I've done stand up for ten years. Most people have done stand up; they, they pretty much remove themselves. But I kind of like what's that's going on. Uh, like, I like having kind of a pulse uh, in watching 
uh, the comics. I mean, I can't watch all of it. I, sure. If, if I watched all of it, my head would explode. Right. So when you have like 58 comedians, how much time do they get? Uh, usually like two to three minutes. Two to three minutes. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and the thing is, is that's closer, much closer to like a bigger market. Yeah. Uh, like New York or L.A. You're going to get a smaller amount of time. You're going to get like, you know, on certain shows you might get like there's a New York show where you get a minute. Like I don't, right. I have one joke that I can tell in a minute, maybe. <laughs> like I'm like, and that's kind of part of the problem of me staying so much time in Pittsburgh is that I have a lot of long-winded jokes. Right. Like I, there's a lot of stage time here, so I get I have a lot of opportunities to do stories and do longer form pieces that I wouldn't normally be able to get away with other places, uh, just because there is just yeah. a cornucopia of stage time. How do you how do you know what plays where? Is it just sort of like you? learn by doing or do you hear different things that come out to say hey when you play whatever Harrisburg you know don't do X material or this has always been my methodology I don't I don't always know you you know if you're especially for the host you're the yeah. one that's the you'll if you're not the host you try to listen to the host and see what happens uh, that's part of the bat that's the reason a lot of comics don't like hosting or don't like actually doing material front because oftentimes it tanks no matter what right. you do. But that's the job. You take the bullet. Right. Uh, sometimes it's feature spots, takes the bullet, but like particularly that's your job. Your job is to try to kind of get the gear and just get the thing turning. Right. Like be like kind of you act as this weird liaison between you and the audience. Yeah. And you hopefully connect with them in a certain way. They're like, okay, we trust this guy enough that he's going to run the show. Sometimes it's the opposite that happens and they hate you. Right. And then they like all the comics despite you, which is fine because <laughs> you're still doing your job. Right. Uh, but, um, I think, uh, like with, uh, hosting and like all that stuff, it's, um, it could be, it could be both like fun, uh, and harsh because it, it, it's, you can sometimes really figure and sometimes you just don't figure anything out. Right. Uh, so what I, uh, my personal methodology is always to try to write something on the spot. Yeah. Like find, like because if you can demonstrate to an audience that you are paying attention, you're listening, you're not just going to get up there and you're going to mm -hmm. do your same rote material again, you know, just at them. Like right. you're willing to like talk about the space or like talk about what's going on in the room. I think it really kind of draws the audience into you. Yeah. And then you can just do your dumb jokes. <laughs> uh, what do you what do you do? Um, I'm sure when you have a lot of especially starting comics, they come to you. I was, I would assume anyway, they come to you for maybe notes or how did I do or so forth. How do you handle that? Especially when they're not so, not so good. Uh, a lot of them don't. They don't. Uh, <laughs> they don't want to know. Maybe they're already I worried. think, I think it is a little bit that, um, I also think a lot of times, you know, um, uh, I mean, I, I do, people do come to me notes. Just, it's not as probably as often as you would think. Um, I, it's hard to, it's really hard to give notes. Like this is the one thing that I, it's really hard to do is, um, people will sometimes be like, hey, can I run a bit by you? And I will always say no. And the reason I always say no is because no matter what happens, I will laugh. Right. Like, I'm just like, <laughs> right. I'm stuck in a situation with you. Right. Like, I'm going to laugh at your joke because I'm extremely uncomfortable. Right. And I don't want you to feel unfunny. <laughs> but the, the thing about stand-up is there's a context. You know, it's it's like, I don't, I don't imagine this happens to you where, like, you're like, oh, I'm the, you know, editor-in-chief of a newspaper. They're like, oh, yeah? Write me an article. <laughs> you know? Stand-ups talk yeah. about this concept all the time where it's like we get the same – for some reason, doctors and stand-ups. Doctors right. like, hey, can you look at this mole? And it's right. like, hey, tell me a joke, funny man. Right. And the thing is, both of those things require context. Right. You know? Right. One, you got to put on a coat, a stethoscope. Yeah. A stethoscope, a stethoscope, however you say that word. Heart listener. <laughs> Heart 
Yeah. Uh, old school iPod Airs. Uh, and like you, there's a context. In sta- with stand-up, there is too. Like people have gotten on stage. There's a microphone. My only tool other than a stool that I maybe hump later on stage. Uh, and that's that's the those are the things that I have, you know? Uh but there's also like a stage around me. So like I don't have jokes that like I can tell. I know one street joke. Really? Like that's I can tell one street joke and that's it. And it's a clean street joke. Uh it's not even that good, but it's just like the only I've told it like you a You gotta bu- tell it. Okay. Well, okay, fine. I'll 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 tell I'll tell you the street joke. Twist my arm. Okay, fine. <laughs> fine, fine, fine. All right. There's this bar, right? And this is this is just how I tell the joke. Yeah. Uh, there's this bar. It's really busy one night. Uh, in through the front door walks a duck, and it's, it's really busy. It's happy hour. Duck, you know, kind of somehow gets up onto a stool. No one quite knows how. Mm. Uh, sits there, and bartender's working down and finds the duck, and he says, "Duck." He says to the duck, "What do you want?" And he says, "Duck says, do you have any grapes?" And the bartender says, "No, we don't have any grapes." Duck hops off the stool and leaves. It's like a week later. And it's, like, really, really busy. It's, like, happy hour. It's, like, a Friday. Uh, Like, they have a wing buffet. Like, all this stuff's going on. Uh, Like, there's a corporate event in the back room. It's crazy, but it's getting crushed. Stuck. Makes its way in. And just as somebody moves, Stuck hops up on the stool, sits down. Bartender sees this duck again. He's like, God, it's shocked that this duck's made it in here right. for all this ruckus. And he goes to the duck. He's like, what do you have? And he says, do you have any grapes? He's like, no, man, I told you last week. We don't have any grapes. What are you, what are you insane? Right. Duck hops off, leaves. Next week, it's like the biggest sporting event in town. Everyone's there. There's like tour buses of people outside. There's a convention. There's a bunch of soccer hooligans. <laughs> uh, like they're just giving away beer because it's going bad. It's insane. People are like strapped to the walls. There's a bouncer like letting people in, ticketing them. It's also say it's also like it's just insane, right? It's duck somehow gets in, sits down in the stool. It's bartender season. This bartender's crushed, right? right? Bartender walks over. He's like, "What do you want?" And the duck says, "Do you have any grapes?" And the bartender says, "Listen here, you little bastard. I'm very busy right now. I cannot deal with this. Listen, if you come in here one more time, I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to screw your goddamn bill to this bar. Do you understand me?" Duck quacks and leaves. Okay, week four. It's like St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. It's insane. It's unbelievable. Like, they're broken the fire code. The fire marshal came. They gave him a bunch of beers. He doesn't even give a shit anymore. People are, like, planked on top of each other. There's, like, bunk beds of people drinking. It's a very unsafe situation. And this duck comes in and gets a seat. And the bartender comes down ready, just so seething mad. And he says, what do you have? And the duck looks at him. He says, do you have any screws? And he goes, no, I don't have any screws. He says, good. Then can I have some grapes, please? <laughs> That's it. It's the only street joke I know. It's a good one. Yeah. So it's a weird, it's a weird, dumb joke. Yeah. <laughs> but see, you also like if like you might have heard that joke, you would have read it. Like you might have not. Like you might have been right. like, "Heh." But like we're stuck together, so now it's like you have to. Right. Laugh. So that's what it's like well, sometimes when Sam's friend jokes. I will it. say this as you were telling it, I'm like, I hope the punchline's funny. So I, you know, but it was. I, I laughed. That was that was a legitimate laugh. But yeah, no, I see what you mean though. You're kind of you're kind of on the spot. When, you're kind of like stuck there, yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> not that like you know like I've been. We I don't think we're fake laughing or anything. Like we've been talking about, but like sometimes it's just like really hard. Like 
So when people like I always try to tell people, it's like I have to watch you on stage. Mm-hmm. Like and it's really funny because you sometimes get people who are so cocksure of what they're doing. And it's just like you have no idea. It's stand up. I sometimes explain it. It's a lot like boxing. Yeah. Uh, I think I might even use this analogy last time I was on. Into that it looks like one thing, but it is another thing. Yeah, yeah. And I got in this screaming match with a guy. I wasn't screaming. He was. Uh, he came and watched the Thursday night show, which is, you know, an amazing thing to watch because you will watch some incredibly good comedy. Right. And you will watch heinous. Right. You'll watch people go down in flames. And it's always interesting because some nights the show's really hot. Like, I don't – listen, we've done that show for almost nine years. Mm-hmm. We don't even necessarily personally have a built-in audience, but people know enough that we always have a crowd, which is very rare for an open mic. We're very, very lucky and very fortunate uh, that people come. And people ask me, what's the secret to how I get people to come? And this is my answer. I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea what we did right whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, but he came into the show, and we're, I'm standing at the bar, and I'm, I'm getting a drink after work, and he comes over, and he's like, hey, man. You really, you did a really good job hosting. Really enjoyed the show. I think I'm going to do this. I'm like, oh, awesome, man. Yeah, we do Mike's Monday Thursday. You, you should come in. He's like, yeah, I've done like opera for like ten years. I've hosted a bunch of shows. I've done this and that. I've written a bunch of comedic stuff. I'm like, oh man, that's great. And I'm like, the thing that's really interesting about stand up is that like it's a bit different than you think it's going to be. Right. And he's like, nah, I know how comedy works. <laughs> and I'm like, and I, I, I really was not trying to pick a fight with this guy. Yeah. And I'm just like, hey, man, you know, like, it's just, the thing It's like, it's, I'm just telling you, you'll find out when you get on stage, because yeah. I thought the same thing, you know, I'd done a ton of acting, tons of public speaking, I had briefly dabbled it, but like, it's not what you think it is. And this guy's like, I know goddamn, like, it just becomes like, I know goddamn well how stand-up works, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'm going to stop you, just come in on Monday or Thursday, I'll gladly put you up. I'm not going to fight with you, man. And then, like, he followed me outside in, like, a middle of a conversation. Wow. He was like, you don't even know what funny is? <laughs> and luckily, I'm standing there with, like, four comics, and it's like, hey, man, we think you have a problem, dude. Maybe you should leave. Like, and I had to, like, walk away. So wow. It was weird. You ever come back? No. They never do. The guys who get really mad and crappy like that, yeah. they never do. Yeah. We've been talking with Derek Minto, uh, co-owner of the Bernie Bridges Comedy Club. Um, this Saturday, uh, the 15th of February at 8 and 10 p.m., Cincinnati comedian, based comedian uh, Ricky Glore will be recording his new record at the Bernie Bridges Comedy Club. $20, come on out, 8 and 10 p.m., and uh, be part of history, as I say. Um, before you go, let me ask you, um, it's, I assume we have the, uh, the Bernie Bridges Comedy Club festival yeah is on tap tell me a little bit about that where where are you in the planning stages of that uh, we're, i mean we're we're ready pretty much ready to go we're about to announce uh, all the other fun stuff uh some of our headliners all that stuff that should be coming out in the next week or two yeah. um it's gonna be all over the city uh we try to kind of keep it a lot of it in lawrenceville yeah. like uh the burning bridges club is kind of the base mm-hmm. uh but we have shows we try to use most of the major like comedy venues uh that we can uh so like there'll be a sh- there's definitely shows at the arcade. There'll be a show at the Steel City Improv Theater. Yeah, uh, we're doing a show at Apis uh, Meadery. Mm. Uh, I think they're going to be one of our sponsors. Apis, please sponsor us. <laughs> uh, if you're not familiar with them, they make honey wine, which is delicious. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, the idea is just kind of you know we bring in a ton of great national acts. They submit. Mm-hmm. Uh, st- stand up festivals are weird. You pay a fee, you submit, and then we take everybody else's money who didn't get in, and we use it to have a festival. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It's not a very good system, but that's how it is. Uh, it's probably going to make a better system, and we'll do it. Uh, 
And it's really neat. It's Sam festivals are one that's cool because you can see a ton of talent that you're not going to see anywhere else. And some of these people, like I've seen people who've like absolutely like blown up or like like become like done like really like great stuff. Like I've been up in New York and like I I was at one uh, New York stand up festival and like a bunch of those people ended up being like at a bunch of like NBC pilots like a year yeah, later. Wow. Uh, it's just you can see. Uh, this kind of it's neat because you also see some of the best like locals in the city kind of being showcased, right? And it's neat because also as a stand up, you get to meet a bunch of different people and just hang out in a different city. It's kind of like a weird kind of like va- comedy vacation. Yeah. Uh, but most of the shows are going to be relatively uh, cheap. Uh, we are also I know one of for sure one of our headliners is going to be Dave Stone right now, who we've had a couple years in the past. He does a podcast uh, with Kyle Kinane, mm-hmm. uh called Boogie Monster. Uh, we're really excited to have him. Uh, he's super funny. Uh, we've had him at the club before, uh, as well. Um, but yeah, you can uh, definitely find out all the information. Uh, we should have our website up with all of our comics soon. Uh, it's uh, www. Burning Bridges Comedy Club, or you can look at Burning Bridges uh, Festival, uh, and that will bring you uh, right to our page as well. Fantastic, Derek Minto. Thanks for coming in today, man. Oh Especially yeah, man. short notice. I appreciate it. Oh yeah, absolutely. And um, head out to Burning Bridges this weekend. Check out uh, Ricky Glore. Recording a live album, 8 and 10 p.m. on Saturday the 15th, $20 to get into that show, and it will probably be worth every penny. So check it out. Derek, thank you very much. And this has been the Pittsburgh Current Podcast, and we'll see you next week.